Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast. This is your co-host, Seth Green. Today, I have a good fortune to be interviewing Justin Donald best uh, author of the about to be released book, The Lifestyle Investor, The Ten Commandments of Cashflow Investing for Passive Income and Financial Freedom. Justin, thanks so much for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm glad to be here, Seth. All right. Well, let's go back in time a little bit. How did you get started? Well, I got started uh, really in, in the business world. I uh, kind of got my, you know, my I guess my first bit of experience with the Cutco organization, and I sold cutlery as uh, a way to pay for college, and so that really was kind of my start in the world of you know anything that you know I guess computed in earning based on results or performance, and so you know that that was something I really liked, and I worked hard, and I was able to be a high performer and move up into the management ranks there with the company and. Uh, I just learned a lot about being an entrepreneur and running a business, having employees and scaling and creating uh, standard operating procedures. It was just a, a real good uh, foundation for me to get started in. All right. I love that you're looking at, you looked at it differently because most people, if they thought of a stereotypical network marketing company, um, would not think of it, it, don't think of it as a business. They don't think of the third downline as employees. They think of it as a hobby and they try and get it to pay for itself and make them a few extra bucks. So your different thought process and the work you put into it, obviously part of why you were so successful at it. And how did you get into the lifestyle investing business? Yeah. So really what I wanted to do is I wanted to get to the point where I wasn't trading time for money. You know, most of my career at that point in time had been, uh, you know, income. It was all earned income based on the time that I was spending doing whatever activities were going to generate that income. And I just knew that I didn't want to sustain the volume of hours that I was putting in. And I didn't want to sustain the mental just capacity, just what being an entrepreneur or being a hard worker, uh, what that you know, I guess the, there's just a lot of time and space that kind of is reserved for those things, even when you're not working. And so I wanted to get past all of that, Seth. And I wanted to get to a place where my income was creating what I lived on, you know, assets or money, uh, what was being generated 
Uh, and it was independent of my time. I wanted to buy my time back. I was, I was kind of sick of being a slave to the business that I had built and, uh, you know, being a slave to the lifestyle that I'd become accustomed to. That makes total sense. So um, I don't want you to spill all the secret sauce, but how did you pull that off? How did you buy your time back? How did that process start? Well, first I had to get really clear on what activities could do it, you know, and, and I went the route of, of starting a business that I thought could really be more of a lifestyle business, but it ended up not being that. It ended up being, you know, very, very uh, restrictive of my time. And so I had to go back to the drawing board and say, okay, well, what are the investments that are the, the best investments for this? And uh, th there are a number of them that are great and that work well. You can invest in companies and I've had success with that if you're truly just an investor. Um, but uh, really real estate to me was the way that I went and I had just great results in a few different areas, uh, a few different sectors, if you will, of real estate and uh, all under the banner of cash flow investing real estate. And, and so not only was I getting cash flow every single month, but I was getting depreciation or just this you know, imaginary number that I could reduce off of my taxable income because I was doing something that the government wanted me to do and, and invest my money in a way that they wanted me to invest it. Okay, so let's define it a little bit more. So when you say you're investing for cash flow, what does that mean to you? And I'm guessing that's different than, let's say, someone who's trying to find the next hot real estate market, buy something, hope it appreciates and, you know, flip, sell it to somebody else at more money pre-COVID. Yeah, my, my goal when I invest in real estate is never to do it based on the appreciation. So if I'm banking on it doing well because it's going to appreciate, that for me is just not the right type of investment. I know there are people that do well with that, uh, much more speculative. And so I just didn't want to subject my lifestyle to that. So my goal was how do I buy uh, assets? And in this case, we're talking real estate. It can be various different assets and asset classes, but how do I buy those in a way that they're safe, that they're going to produce a consistent return over a period of time. And if it's under the banner of real estate, I'm happy if it appreciates. I just need to know there's cash flow along with it. So the best scenario is it cash flows today and it continues to appreciate. And that's obviously what I look for by picking great markets. But what I mean specifically by cash flow is that you invest in a way that the mortgage to cover that you know, real estate or property purchase is less than all of the expenses and, you know, everything else that goes into it. So that there is truly profit left over at the end of every month after all expenses, after all debt service, there's cash above and beyond that's true profit that you can live on. And my goal was to replace my bare minimum expenses that it cost me to live and just know that I didn't have to work. And from there, I could grow it and, and match my lifestyle income in time. But I just wanted to know that worst case scenario, my mortgage is covered, uh, our, you know, we could eat, I've got a family, you know, I want to be able to make sure we've, we've got, you know, vehicles to get where we need to get to and uh, cover our utilities. So all basic bare minimum uh, expenses were covered by that passive income. And that was the mission. That was step number one. All right. And how are you, are you buying properties where you live or are you buying them somewhere else? So I have predominantly done, I bought properties in other places. So I'm fine buying them where I live. It just doesn't always seem to line up that way. 
And I'm not afraid to buy something that is a ways away. Now, when I first started, I wanted it to be driving distance. You know, I wanted to be able to get there if I needed to in case there was an emergency. But now after, you know, a couple of decades of investing, it, it doesn't really matter to me where an asset is located. If it's in a good market, I don't have to be close to it. Uh, the odds are really good that I won't need to go on site, uh, especially after the initial purchase, if I have the right people. And if I don't have the right people in place, maybe I go on site a few times a year. Uh, and that's fine. And I can travel and I can make it a fun trip, which is what I did kind of in the in the beginning stages of building our real estate portfolio. So if these are properties that you are not personally a landlord on, they aren't in your local market, how are you identifying them around the country? So I have a lot of relationships. Well, first of all, it started off with cold calls and trying to find things online. Uh, it, it eventually moved into developing relationships with a bunch of brokers and other buyers that maybe would put something under contract, but not necessarily want to close. They were happy to sell the assignment uh, for an assignment fee or sell the contract for an assignment fee. And so I just developed a lot of relationships there. And so I ended up buying some by meeting owners directly. I bought others by assignments. I bought others by brokers. Uh, and so to me, however I needed to get them, I was fine getting them. And at the beginning, I wanted to make as much as, of a return as I could. So I was okay putting my time into it. And then years later, I said, you know what? I, my time is worth more to me than the extra percentage return I would get. So I'm happy to pay a finder's fee or a brokerage fee or whatever fee to save me that time on the front end and just transact, you know, on the back end. Awesome. What inspired you to write the book? Well, really the, what ended up happening, I've had friends for years that have been telling me, Seth, can you write a book? Can you teach some classes? Show us, you know, what are your secrets and strategies and philosophies? Like just help us understand. And, and for a long time, I, I just said, you know, that would be really cool. I just don't know that I have the time or the desire to do it. And it was always on my list as something I wanted to do. I wanted to write a book and I didn't even know if the book I wanted to write was on this topic, though I love, you know, investing and finances and all this. So I figured it probably would be. But I had a really good friend say to me, hey, Justin, what happens if uh, you, you had an unfortunate experience, you die early and all this wisdom that you have from investing uh, isn't passed on down to your daughter. Wow. You know, what What happens then? Like, don't you owe it to her Damn. to write it, let alone other people? Yeah. So, that, Seth, that was like a, a gut punch, total punch to the gut. And I was like, OK, wake up call, uh, message received. OK. Uh, and, and really, I mean, it was weeks later that I started actually writing some things down. And and uh, over time, it kind of evolved into the book that it is today. The Lifestyle Investor is the name of the book and, and the subtitles, The Ten Commandments for Cashflow Investing for, financial, uh, for Passive Income and Financial Freedom. And, and really, it's my 10 criteria for what, you know, what I need to see to make an investment. And so it started with making sure that I had this info to be able to pass on to my daughter. And it has since evolved into... Uh, however many other people, you know, are going to benefit from it. I want to create uh, stories and give examples and just really walk people through how to do it because it's so much different than what's taught in schools. It's so much different than what Wall Street wants you to do with your money. It's just a totally different way of investing. And I think people need to be exposed to it. Absolutely. I, I won't ask you for all 10 commandments because I want people to go get the book, but can you give us one or two? 
Sure. Yeah. Uh, well, one of the one of my you know favorite ones is lifestyle first. It's got to support my lifestyle. And, you know, my lifestyle is going to be a little bit different than yours, Seth, and yours is going to be different than your listeners. Everyone has their own unique lifestyle, but part of it is about figuring out what that lifestyle looks like. Does it, does it fit within the parameters of what you want out of life or is it going to require more time? My goal is to invest in a way where it doesn't create a job. And in fact, one more, one more step further is it eliminates a job, but I'm not trying to add more work to my plate. Uh, and so that's really important to me. But at the same time, I want to reduce the risk, which is the second commandment. And there are many ways, there are many mechanics that you can use to reduce the risk in an investment and protect your money. Because if you lose it, you got to work twice as hard to get it back. And you're never going to be able to get the return on that money that you could have had. So it's a total opportunity loss cost. So yeah, I really want to honor Warren Buffett's rule number one. Uh, and, and that is, you know, don't lose money. Don't lose money. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, but then to take it another step further, uh, let, let's look at the upside. And there's a chapter in there, number six, called income amplifiers. Find an income amplifier. And what is that? Well, that's a way to amplify the income you can earn, you know, on the upside. So you protect the downside. You have an opportunity to, to get even better results on the upside via good negotiating skills. And, and this could be something like, uh, equity as a bonus on a debt investment, or it could be a liquidation preference that allows you to get paid out first before anyone else gets paid out. Uh, this could be uh, warrants and you know an option to buy equity in the future. I mean, there are just so many different things that you can do to structure a deal to be advantageous. And most people don't ask. Most of the time someone says, hey, here's the investment. And that investment that's given to them is basically good for the, the seller, right? Um, but in order to make sure that it's good for the investor, then I think that you really need to spend some time and say, actually, here's what I would need in the investment to do it. And it's okay to negotiate. The goal is to have a win-win situation where everyone feels good about the terms, but it really doesn't need to be lopsided. And if you don't put in some negotiating to it, it's going to be most likely lopsided to whoever's offering the deal. That makes a lot of sense. Given all the success you've achieved, what's your biggest challenge now? Well, now I just have a tremendous amount of deal flow. So it's keeping up with the deal flow. I already felt like I had uh, a lot of deal flow coming in. But as, uh, you know, podcasts have come out and, uh, you know, more and more of my content is getting out there, I'm, I'm, you know, being approached by a lot more groups and a lot more opportunities. So, you know, really for me, it's just making sure that the way I filter deals is strong and that I can get through and just not waste time on deals that don't make sense. I mean, one of the, the criteria in the book, one of the commandments is to find invisible deals. And I really pride myself in our investors club and our mastermind uh, on all the lifestyle investor deals that either A, we're able to negotiate and, and structure out of nowhere, or B, find that are just off the beaten path that no one knows about. Uh, and so the big challenge, though, comes in is the more you're known and the more that these opportunities and strategies are kind of out there in the world, uh, you just have more people coming towards you or coming after you wanting to get your endorsement or get you involved in an opportunity, which is good and bad. There are pros and cons to both, but it does require more work and it does require a little bit of a shift on the way that I have traditionally done things and vetted deals.
what your passion for what you do is obvious. What do you like best about what you do? Well, I get to celebrate with people that at one point in their life thought that they were going to have to work until they retired or beyond retirement. And I have an opportunity to celebrate with them when they achieve financial independence. So to me, that's like one of the greatest gifts in the world. And I always describe to people when I achieve financial independence, uh, and technically I was able to cover all my expenses by age 35. By age 37, I could cover my lifestyle as it currently was. And then I just kind of grew that to uh, be able to support other charities, other businesses, other investments, you know, some other fun things that my family and I want to do and travel the world. And so, uh, you know, we, we were able to increase our lifestyle based on the, the cash flow that we have. And that was an amazing feeling. And it was a, a feeling of true liberation, but it doesn't even compare to what it feels like to help other people experience that same thing. Because once you go through it, you know, you, you had that emotion once and it was a cool emotion, but it's not like that emotion keeps happening, right? Once you achieve it, you achieve it. And then you look for the next, you know, goal to set and, and you just keep moving along your journey. But every time someone else achieves it that I coach, uh, it is just, I mean, it, it creates so much energy and, and there's just so much passion and satisfaction in that accomplishment. And I love celebrating that. Awesome. That is a beautiful ripple effect for our folks watching and listening who want to learn more, who want to get a copy of the book. Where is the best place for them to go? Yeah, they can go to my website, justindonald.com. And uh, we're, we're launching uh, officially January 12th. So we're excited about that. Pre-sales will happen before it. And we got a bunch of cool online courses that uh, are available as well. So tons of different things on there that you can check out. And a lot of there's free information. There's additional groups, masterminds, masterclasses. So check it out. Awesome. This has been Seth Green with Justin Donald, justindonald.com, the lifestyle investor, 10 commandments of cash flow investing for passive income and financial freedom. Justin, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Seth. I love being here. I appreciate your time. Thanks everybody for watching or listening and we'll talk to you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level, but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet, and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.